Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in downtown Phoenix. Sons a winner, 120-107. Kevin Durant was brilliant. 31 points, four rebounds, nine assists, and he moved up to number 11 in the all-time scoring standings, passing Elvin Hayes. Tell us about him, head coach Frank Vogel. He's one of the best ever to do it, and not slowing down. You know, so Sun fans should be really excited about that. I actually feel like he's scoring it as good as, as he ever has. You know, he's playing terrific basketball. And remember, for a while, Booker was hurt. It was that young man carrying the Phoenix Suns with his point total. Interesting storyline with DeAndre Ayton. 12.5 rebounds in the first quarter, and he dominated Nurkic. He only scored six points the rest of the way. He had no points, one rebound in the fourth quarter. Finished with a minus 33, plus minus. Nurkic scored 18 points, same as DA. Had four more rebounds in the game at 12 and had four blocks. Kind of funny. Suns take on Golden State tonight, 8 o'clock. Speaking of tonight, Coyotes in action. They take on the Blues in Tempe. Yotes and Ducks right now, they're tied one point back of the Blues and Kraken, who are tied for both of the last two spots. So for November, it's a pretty big game tonight. Face-off in Tempe against the Blues, 7 o'clock. We'll start with U of A Hoops. They're in action tomorrow, just like ASU Hoops. U of A, 2 o'clock, tip-off against Michigan State. Football-wise, you know it, U of A Territorial Cup in Tempe, kickoff at 1.30. Now, ASU Hoops, they're in action tomorrow as well. They're in Vegas in the Thanksgiving tournament. They take on BYU, tip-off tonight, late 10 o'clock. ASU football, again, Territorial Cup, Saturday, 1.30. Head coach Kenny Dillingham, how was practice yesterday? Energy was good. I thought we balanced around. Um, you know, detail, not quite as good. So we got to get clean things up tomorrow. All right, you ready? Teacup. And possibly an appearance today by Jeff Van Rapport on Doug Franz Unplugged. Again, kickoff, 1.30. The Arizona Cardinals are in action coming up on Sunday. They're at home against the L.A. Rams. Drew Petzing was being interviewed yesterday, the offensive coordinator, and he kind of answered the question of, whatever happened to this guy, Hollywood Brown? A lot of missed opportunities, honestly. I mean, I think, you know, you don't, in a game, you get four or five opportunities to get him the ball in a big situation. Sometimes we've hit him, sometimes we haven't. I think lately we haven't been able to hit him, which, you know, it's frustrating for him. It's frustrating for us. That's going to be a major key to be able to beat the Rams. And also, being able to handle Aaron Donald with your front three. Kickoff coming up Sunday, 2.05. NFL news. I don't know how to explain this either. There's Jim Irsay, the head coach or the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, was being interviewed by HBO. And when he talked about his DUI from quite a few years ago, he blamed the cops' bias against white billionaires. I just thought you needed to know that that's a thing, I guess. And finally, 
you will never guess what happened on a late night volleyball practice in Los Alamos, New Mexico. The coaches were in a car drinking. But do you want to guess whose car they were in? They were in Jason Wardlow Herrera's car drinking. Now, I'm sure you don't know who Jason Wardlow Herrera is. But the coaches that were leading an overnight lock-in practice to get the girls to bond on the volleyball team, well, they didn't want to sit and practice the whole time, so they went out into Jason's car and was drinking. Who is Jason? He's the county sheriff. They were drinking on school property in the sheriff's car. Don't worry, they went back into practice eventually. And then about three hours later, the sheriff returned with more bourbon. And they got back in his car. Yes. Wow. Uh, by the way, the elections are coming up for county sheriff. Who are you voting for? Jackpot Unplugged Army. I feel like a true commander in chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to unplugged at whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tea time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off, plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime. Or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unplugged at whirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, general manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. It was the perfect timing of representation. Perfect timing. Now, I got to tell you, obviously... We want a, a little bit, a little bit more than what we got, but it was still so perfect timing that I love. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world. Totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merck. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Thank you. Thank you. After yesterday's butcher job, I'm glad to be back. Now we're back on track. I, I, thank you very much. I did. It was a two Mountain Dew day, though. I knew it. Uh, last night, I just, I was, uh, for me, out late. Now, like, what does it mean to be out late? For me, that was uh, four o'clock in the afternoon. 
<laughs> so I was out late yesterday. And, uh, and then when the Suns game was over, I went straight to bed. Just that's it. I'm done. I went to bed. Did no work after the Suns game. I have no idea if Jeff Weir production panics when he comes in and realizes Doug didn't work last night. So I, got, I watched about four games, went to bed, and then uh, came into work for me very early. But I've never asked you this, Jeff Weir production, which makes causes more panic for you? When you come into work and there's no email, no rundown, no information whatsoever, but I'm here at work at about 4.20 in the morning. I think I got in about 4.15, 4.20. Or is it better when you get the email, you get a plan, but I don't go waltzing in until 5.35, 25 minutes before the show? I like having the email, personally. Okay. okay. At okay. first, it kind of made me nervous when I didn't have an email, but now we've kind of... We've got a feel for each other because I kind of know what you, you want yeah, every day, yeah. and I just go look for it, and then I start cutting it up, and then you tell me what you want, yeah, and we go from it there. Worked, it worked out. It worked out. So uh, yeah. every, everything's good today. Um, but anyway, the reason why I was out late, I had a great time. I went to um, 100 Mile Brewing Company, rural Scottsdale 202, and so I get there at noon, and I found out, I, I'm going to have some good conversations with you as a member of the Unplugged Army. Um, I had a great conversation with a guy named Britt, and I told you, I, I admitted, I had no idea who I was eating lunch with. No idea whatsoever. Britt is a financial advisor that, that, that can handle wealthy people, but really gears himself to more of the blue-collar world. And normally, I would be a little bit nervous of a financial planner advertising on Doug Franz Unplugged. And the reason why is because I don't know how to judge whether or not you're a good financial planner. I don't. And without that knowledge, I don't want to bring somebody on talking to you in the Unplugged Army and then find out maybe that wasn't a good idea when it's too late. I mean, finances are something deeply, deeply personal. However, the way Britt knows me, and I didn't realize it until I saw him and I knew exactly who it was, Britt has been the long, for, forever at Coulter um, Tempe, where I used to endorse forever on the radio station, and I still feel very strongly about a lot of the people there. Jennifer owns a Buick, and every now and then I'm the one bringing it in for the oil change and things like that. And Britt was not, he wasn't the service advisor, but he was above that. Like he kind of ran part of the service department. I don't remember what his real title was. And he would always connect with me. So I know his talent for organization and customer service is top notch. So I can vouch for this guy high, high endorsement of the character of how he treats people. I admit I don't know him as a financial planner, but I was so thrilled where he told me what he's up to and how this plan works, and then was interested in talking to you as a member of the Unplugged Army about it. I, you know, at first I was a little hesitant, and I thought, well, wait a minute, this guy—he's always treated me great. I have to trust that he's going to treat other people great. So we had a great back and forth. So that ends that, and then I don't know what to think of Jeff Weir production. I don't know. This was, this was very strange, okay? Just between you and I as a member of the Unplugged Army, don't tell anybody this because the CEO Chris is going to get so mad at me for saying this. But number one, we've had a lot of uh, events where CEO Chris, I don't know if he doesn't understand traffic in this city or what, but CEO Chris is late. And then he goes, no, I'm not. And yeah, you're late a lot. Well, two o'clock is when I was expecting Jeff Weir production. 
Jeff got there at like 1245. Like an hour and 15 minutes early. And I'm thinking, there's not a darn thing I could do. You think I've had enough beer uh, from 12 to 1245 at lunch at a brewery? So, like, there's nothing I can do. So, I'm still in my conversation, and I see Jeff walking around with the camera getting good shots. So, that went great. And then, while Jeff is filming, I don't know what's going on, but I hear this conversation between waitress Caitlin and this couple that's sitting at a table. And she says, oh, you mean that one? Doug's here. And she points at me. And I have no idea what's going on. So we finish up the commercial shoot. We're doing other things. And then Caitlin comes up to me and she says, these people are members of the army. <laughs> and that's not, she didn't say unplugged army. She said members of the army. And I'm kind of like, oh, great, service uh, you know, uh, uh, members. And I, I'm, <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell you this because I, I like doing it anonymously, but if I, well, I don't do it anymore. Sorry. But when I had money, if I saw people in uniform, whether it be police fire or our armed services, I would kind of get some code going with the waitress or the cashier or whoever. And I would buy their lunch. And I would make sure that the person had no idea who did it. And I usually got away with it. There's been a couple of times somebody figured out that I was the one that did it. But I usually do that. Sad to say, I admit my financial situation now, I don't do that anymore. But when I had the opportunity, I would always give back that way. So I am trying to think, how is Jennifer going to feel if I do this again? It's just two people members of four you know i just figured they're you know veterans and now i'm kind of stuck because they were looking at me and i'm like okay something's going on here so i walked up to him to say hi and the guy says wait are, are you really doug from doug and wolf from doug franz on play yeah he's oh man i just found your podcast and then i realized he's members of the unplugged army so number one i'm thinking yeah that saved me that saved me 30 40 bucks yeah so i was kind of happy about that so then I say hi to him. We talk for a little bit and then I walk away and I record uh, Sweet Miss Sue. I just made that up. Uh, we'll just say Miss Sue. Uh, she's a runner. You know, she runs around Tempe Town Lake every Sunday. I only run when chased. You can hardly tell because, you know, I only outweigh her about, about 175 pounds. But I, I interview her to create a commercial. So we're going to have the audio portion of the commercial. Sounded great. Excited to put that together this weekend. And send that to uh, Jeff Weir production to be able to slap it together or CEO Chris. So that part went well. Well, then I went back into the restaurant and sat and had a beer. And these are the uh, um, owners of the lunch lounge. So I've never heard of this place, I admit, but I wanted to give them a free plug. Just so you know, even though they're not sponsors of the Unplugged Army, they are in the Unplugged Army. And I want to give you a free plug. So the lunchlounge.com is a sandwich and coffee bar that is located near the airport. So if you want a sub or a sandwich, instead of swinging through some kind of fast food place that's not a member of the Unplugged Army, you could go to lunchlounge.com, put in your order, and then just pick it up on your way to the airport, and now you save money on airport food. So I thought it was fantastic. Um, so I love that deal. And, and then I tried a new beer, and while I was talking to him, I tried... A, a different beer. I love A Mountain Amber Ale, but they have this hilarious beer called Cell Phone Lot at uh, Hundred Mile Brewing Company. Cell Phone Lot. I didn't know this, 
but 100 Mile Brewing Company is literally 45 seconds further away from where the actual cell phone lot is. So please be intelligent when I'm telling you this. Don't drink and drive. But it's a lower alcohol contented beer. So you can have a beer or two. Uh, don't go above two. But you can have a beer or two. And then instead of sitting in the cell phone lot doing nothing, it's free parking there. Sit at 100 Mile Brewing Company. Wait till you get the text that says, hey, I'm here. And then you can go pick up your party. Now, when I'm telling you this, this th- I really care about this. Please be intelligent. Don't go in there, have, uh, think you're, the, oh, the flight's delayed. I'll have three or four more, and then, and then you're an idiot, okay? Don't be dumb. Be smart about it. But it's funny, cell phone lot, and that's the name of the beer. And for a yellow beer, I didn't mind it. I, I, I got to be blunt. It was a yellow beer, so there was still a little, okay, I, I need a little malt in it, but it, it wasn't the typical yellow beer that makes my face go all like this. So I liked it. It was nothing is a Mountain Amber Ale though. I, for me and my taste buds, no yellow beer, but not man enough for stouts. A Mountain Amber Ale is the best beer in the state. Opinionated statement, clearly, but I I love Hundred Mile Brewing Company. So I had a great time um, there. And quick note about Hundred Mile Brewing Company. This is kind of funny. Tomorrow at lunch, yes, I know what tomorrow is. They're open, but not for lunch. The bar is open from 11 to 3. So if you're sitting there tomorrow and you're annoying, like if you have the type of, of spouse that cannot stand people in, in their way while they're cooking, head over there. Head over to 100 Mile Brewing Company. If the mother-in-law is driving you nuts, head over to 100 Mile Brewing Company. So I, I did. I started talking about that, um, about mother-in-laws driving you nuts. And this guy told me this joke yesterday, and uh, it's kind of a religious joke, but it's all right. Uh, I'll, I'll just tell you. He said, he's, first of all, he started tell, talking like it was an autobiographical sketch. He says, yeah, I, I, I wanted to see the Holy Land. So I went to Israel, my family, my wife's family, and then my mother-in-law died. And I said, what? You know, like, I didn't realize I was a gullible person, but I fell right into it. I said, what? And he goes, yeah. And then, oh, my gosh, they were so kind because my mother-in-law is Jewish. So they said she can be buried right here in the homeland. And I said, oh, no. Oh, no. The last time I know about you burying somebody here, they rose in three days. And I can't have that. I'm taking her back to America. (laughs) And then I was like, okay, number one, it's casually funny. Number two, I fell for it until then. I mean, as soon as he said that, okay, I didn't go, well, how'd you get her back? You know, I, didn't, I was like, okay. But then I'm mad at myself, so it's not that funny. When, when I fall for it, I didn't think it was that funny. But after I was driving home, I thought that is kind of funny. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was entertained by that. And then what I really appreciated is I asked anybody that could come by from the Unplugged Army to be in the commercial. And, and Jeff, we were production. You don't know this, but General Craig came by. Now, cool. he didn't get there till like 3.11, something like that, and we were done shooting, so General Craig is not in the spot. But that was so cool. So imagine how this looks to 100 Mile Brewing Company. They don't start advertising officially until December 1st, and that's when they sponsor our first Beer Friday. Oh, we figured out how to handle Beer Friday. I'm actually going to be bringing in a keg. I didn't realize this. Kegs last two months as long as they're iced. I didn't know that. So I'm going to bring in, a, it's called a Slim Keg, 
and I'll have it here for just Friday, December 1st, then it's going to be, I don't know how I'm going to do this. It's going to be my job to bring it back and forth from the house and keep it iced for uh, three Fridays. And then after that, they're going to have A Mountain Amber Ale in cans starting in January. There you go. And then I'll be bringing in A Mountain Amber Ale cans for us. I'm pretty jacked up about Do they have glassware? Are they going to give us some glassware to drink for the next couple of weeks? You know what? I don't know. I didn't think about I that. I meant to ask that yesterday. I totally forgot. I, to be honest, I have, I have a, a rather large collection of, of mugs. So I'll probably just be bringing in a couple, and I'll put them in the freezer for us. And, uh, and that'll, be, uh, that'll be impressive. And then you, you and I can challenge each other in pours. I am one of the top five greatest pourers of all time. But that's more out of a bottle. I'm not as good out of a can, so I'll, uh, I'll be challenged by that. So that's everything with 100 Mile Brewing Company. That's fantastic. December 9th. Sorry, I got a lot of announcements today. But hey, it's like the day before Thanksgiving. You and I are bonding. It's less about sports. We're just bonding today. And we're thankful for a lot of things. As, absolutely. December 9th, December 9th, December 9th. It's a Saturday. Starts at 4 o'clock. No, you don't have to be on time. I have no idea when it ends. It ends when Jennifer says, okay, you've had enough. <laughs> that's the truth. Um, should probably be 30 minutes before that. <laughs> <laughs> what, at 3.30? It starts at 4, but Doug's already done. Um, you know, it'll, it'll, I have no idea. I have no idea when it's over. But I plan on being there well past 9 o'clock. And the reason why is simple. I want you to be able to fit us into your schedule. So I look at it like this. If you're going to a Christmas party on Saturday, December 9th, but it's later in the evening that your Christmas party starts, then stop by where we are before you go. Now, again, this is like a passionate thing of mine. I never want to hear about a member of the Unplugged Army getting a DUI. Please be smart. One drink an hour is, is safe, so do that. Okay, that's that's fine. One drink an hour. Don't go over that. Don't come pounding a bunch and then not have a ride and then not and then think you're going to drive to your Christmas party. And don't drink a bunch at your Christmas party and not have a ride to us. But what? Make sure you plan out who's driving. Have a designated driver. But having said that, if you have a late at night or a later than you know normal Christmas party, let's say it starts at seven o'clock. We're here at four. So stop by, say hi, have a drink before your Christmas party. If you have an earlier Christmas party, say it's at four or five o'clock, then stop by at Bell's Nashville Kitchen on, on December 9th after your Christmas party. And if you don't have a Christmas party to go to on December 9th, then just show up at any point after four o'clock and eat dinner with us, have a beer, do whatever. So remember that Bell's Nashville Kitchen. It's just off of Scottsdale Road, Old Town Scottsdale. It's officially on Main Street. If you're headed east, now when I say if you're headed eastbound on Main Street, Main Street's like this long once you turn uh, eastbound off of Scottsdale Road. But head east, and I mean before you can even get your car straight, Bell's National Kitchen's on your left, okay? So I want to see you there. December 9th sanctioned event, whether you stop in for one drink, whether you stay there the whole time. And Jennifer has wrapped up prizes. General Tom collected a whole bunch of Diamondbacks gear, and we have a whole bunch of stuff to give away. So we're giving away uh, all kinds of stuff. And then I've got to run around um, and mooch as well. So, Angel, if you're listening, I want something from you at Burrito Express. Sweet Lou, (laughs) I already mooched one thing off of you. Now I want to mooch something else for December 9th, if I can mooch something off of you. And 100 Mile Brew, I forgot to ask you. And you know what? Now that I gave you a free uh, lunch lounge, 
Why, why don't I mooch off of you too? So anybody that I can mooch off of, please give me stuff so I can give away on December 9th. Speaking, I have one more announcement of giving away stuff today. Uh, tomorrow, or uh, not tomorrow, uh, next week, Monday through Friday of next week begins the November week of winners on WTSM, okay? The week of winners is a uh, monthly event for premium members, three levels, basic live premium for you to be part of us, uh, our journey here with WTSMTV.com. You can watch WTSM TV for free for our news clips. So anything newsworthy sports wise that gets put up, like Izzy works really hard, went to last night's Suns game, did a Suns report. That's up there. You can watch that for free anytime. Then you can go to the basic level, and basic level allows you to watch everything on demand. So you don't get to see shows live, but you get to watch them as soon as we post it, which is not very long after the show. So you can watch that live. Then, or excuse me, you can watch that on demand. That is the basic level. Then there's the live level, which allows you to watch me right now. If you're watching right now, you're alive. Thank you. And then there's the premium level. Premium is you get everything on demand whenever you want. You get everything live whenever you want. And you can win fabulous prizes. So here you go. Next week, Monday, you can win AZ Science Center if you're a premium member. Tuesday, you can win a $50 gift card to Harkins Theaters. Wednesday, you can win uh, big money to the Parlor Pizza. Let me see how much. Uh, $100 gift card to the Parlor Pizza. Thursday, you can win uh, AMC Theaters, which is, wow, $100 gift card to AMC. And then Friday, holy crap. Friday is the grand prize. The grand prize has a value of about $1,400. You receive lunch at Civlik, home of the greatest wings in the city. You win... um, a foursome at Wild Horse Pass, and you win. Uh, we'll look at that with Executive Chef John Farley. I just think about the wings. Thanks, John. And you get three right-handed Titleist wedges. Three wedges, three different degrees. I forget what they are. I think it's a sixty, a fifty-six, and a fifty-two. I can't remember. But you get three wedges. So a foursome at a high-end golf course, and lunch that day, and three wedges. That's a $1,400 value. It doesn't matter whether you hate golf. You'll blow somebody away if you give that to somebody for Christmas. So you have to be a premium member. And thanks a lot to Sweet Lou and everyone at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass for giving us that incredible prize package to give away to anybody that's a premium member here at WTSMTV.com. Um, that covers all of the uh, announcements for me. Uh, Jeff Weir Production, what's uh, anything thrilling in your life? Uh, no. Where do you, what are I you wish doing I to- could sometimes answer this question. What, do you do, what are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and uh, spending it with the family, I think they're all coming over to my brother's house. Oh, okay, okay. CEO okay. Chris. Okay. How many, how many people will be there? Oh, goodness. Um, probably around 10. Wow, that's not bad. Yeah. Does uh does the CEO Chris and the family cook or do they like rent out a turkey or you know what do they do? We typically deep fry turkey. Oh. And then we bake a ham. Uh, and then all the fixings. Well, if you're going to go that far, why don't you get the chicken too and and go with the turducken? 
I've wanted to try it, but yeah. we've never tried it. So uh, maybe that's something we can plan next year. Okay, okay, yeah. Because yeah. I think we need to plan that since yeah. we've never done it. Yeah, all right, go for it, go for it. All right, uh, I think that's it for me. I, uh, it's just the four of us this weekend. Uh, today's one of my favorite days in the world. It really is. Because number one, I, the show ends at 8 o'clock, and then I'll, I'll put the podcast up. There's a chance I could be out the door by 8.30. That, that'll be awesome. And then I immediately will either text Sweet Lou or I'll call the wigwam and say, any of you guys got an opening today? (laughs) And then I'll try to get on the course. (laughs) Then I'll get home. And then when I get home, I have the key is to beat Jennifer home at five o'clock. And then I'll ask Jennifer, hey, is there anything you need from me? And I pray she says, no, everything's fine. Like, yes. And then I will work and drink beer the whole time. But I'll sit outside. And uh, and then eventually the, fa- the both girls will come over tonight, and I haven't seen intern McKenna seriously in like three months. So that'll be wonderful to have all of us together. We'll eat Thursday, we clean up Thursday, and then after that we swim Thursday night, and uh, that's that's a family tradition where we always swim on Thanksgiving. It's just great, and we listen to a song that's very politically uncor- incorrect. There's a song called Alice's Restaurant Anti Massacre. Uh, and uh, because of that, it, again, it's very politically incorrect, but it's a family tradition. Yeah, I'm a jerk. And so we listen to that, and that's fun. And it's fun being politically incorrect. And then um, Friday, uh, the oldest, the 23-year-old works, and Jennifer works. So what are we doing? Ha, ah, McKenna, Andrew McKenna and I are going to go golf on Friday. Then it's Territorial Cup Saturday. And then Sunday is just work like crazy because I haven't worked all weekend. And then try to cram four days worth of sports into one. And I always fail. So Jeff Weir Production and Izzy, have a great weekend. And uh, your Monday will be miserable. (laughs) Just want you to know, I don't want to hide it right now. All right. Uh, Doug's big one every weekday morning right around 6.15. Unless I have all these stories and want to talk to Jeff for 30 minutes. And then we do it at 6.31. Let's roll. Doug's big one. All right, Doug's big one today. Uh, there's man, there is so much that is on my mind. So much on my mind. But Doug's big one is the Territorial Cup. And the way people talk about rivalries across the country, okay? Number one for me, I have been to an iron I've been to three iron bowls. And luckily, I've been to one at every location of the Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl is called that because there's a disgusting place on earth called Legion Field. It is in a a part of Birmingham that is horrific. It's just a horrible area of town. And it was just this steel iron and steel structure that had no character whatsoever to the building plus Birmingham at the time when the games first started was a very you know uh, steel foundry iron type of town now not like Pittsburgh it wasn't that industrialized but for the south it was very uh, industrialized city so that's where the nickname the Iron Bowl came from so I saw a game at the Iron Bowl which I, 
I still feel guilty about. I admit I've never gone to confession about this, but my buddies said I could get tickets. So I had this friend who would always buy leftover tickets or receive leftover tickets because he was a booster from the player's rep. So there was used to be a rep that handed out player tickets and family members would come in for road games for Auburn. Well, he had this connection and he would always get tickets. Well, he invited like 10 people to the Iron Bowl and he couldn't get a ticket. <laughs> we, he goes up, the guy says, I'm out of ticket. There's, there's, there's not one ticket left. This is the Iron Bowl. Okay, there's every Auburn family is here. So he couldn't get tickets. So now he's running around in a panic and he doesn't know what to do. Just going crazy, just going crazy. So suddenly he comes up to us and he goes, okay, okay. Do you have $20? Do you have $20? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I need $20, $20. And then we start to give him $20. He goes, no, 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 don't give it to me. Don't give it to me. $20 handshake, $20 handshake. And he just runs around yelling $20 handshake. I have no idea what the $20 handshake is. Now, it shows you I'm just a cute little kid from the suburbs. I have no idea what that means. And all of a sudden, he walks in to the turnstile, walks through the turnstile, and the the ticket taker, he shakes the guy's hand. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute, wait, wait, no way. Who shakes the hand of the ticket taker? And then I realized, yeah, I was that naive. He's got 20 bucks in his hand, and, and, and now there's seven other people that are shaking this guy's hand and walking in. I, this guy made like 400 bucks, I don't know how, well, right, let me do the math. 10 times 20 is normally around $200. But I, I said, I'm sitting there going, I don't want to do this. And yet, what are you going to do? I mean, eight guys are going in under this play, and two guys are standing behind you. And I, okay, fine. So I did it. So I guess I paid to get into the game, so I didn't lie. I paid my money. I just didn't have a ticket. And, you know, they didn't care. So we had, I sat on the steps in the student section watching Alabama-Auburn. So I did that at Legion Field, and then I had tickets for the other two locations. I went to Jordan-Hare, which is on the eastern half of the state. That's Auburn. And then I went to Bryant-Denny in Tuscaloosa. So I've been able to see an Iron Bowl in three cities, or three locations, and that's a rivalry. Okay, that's incredible. Never been to Michigan, Ohio State, but I grew up living it. I'm the only Catholic I've ever met who hates Notre Dame, Michigan, and Ohio State. I don't like any of the three schools. So I didn't, I've never cared who won Ohio State, Michigan, but I've been there for that rivalry. I've seen just about every Egg Bowl between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. UCLA-USC is cheese ball. They think it's a big rivalry, but USC doesn't even count them as a rival. They care more about the Notre Dame game, and it's LA. Like, they really don't care about football, even though they try to pretend to and act like it. A lot of people say, the game between Stanford and Cal, when nobody there in the crowd even understands football. So don't tell me about that rivalry. Now, the Territorial Cup is strange. The way the rivalry started is really one of the greatest reasons why to have a rivalry. Now, Ohio State and Michigan's rivalry, that's a little different. If you don't know that story, for some reason, people were so dumb, they almost went to war over Toledo. <laughs> Toledo. Like, if you've ever been to Toledo, if you let me give you, let me go a different way. If you've never been to Toledo in your life and you want to know, Doug, what's Toledo like? I'll tell you, it's like this. Wake up one morning and don't shower. Go outside in in our normal heat. So let's say it's about 105. And do yard work for four hours. 
and then smell your armpit. You've been to Toledo then. Welcome Toledo. That's what it's like. So now you've been to Toledo. So why we fought for Toledo, I don't know. But they had a dispute over the border. So if you've ever wondered why is there that chunk of Michigan that's not attached called the UP, the Upper Peninsula? Well, the reason why that happened is as they argued about Toledo, the government said, fine, Ohio, you get Toledo. Michigan, you get this chunk of land we don't know what to do with. And that's what happened. So they actually almost had a war. So that's kind of a good football rivalry to almost have a war about it. The Territorial Cup is pretty cool. If you're new to town and you don't know, Arizona was a college. Arizona State was not really a full-fledged university. It was a little teacher school, Tempe Normal. And then there was a vote in order to allow little Tempe Normal to become a real-life university. And, oh, my gosh. U of A went ballistic, and Tucson is petitioning the governor, arguing with the state legislature, coming up and sabotaging the election in Tempe. They're going, they're going crazy to block Tempe Normal from becoming a, a great institution. I think I got the story right. I might have skipped over parts and butchered it a little bit. So, that, I mean, you talk about a good reason to have a rivalry when one school doesn't even want the other school to exist, and they try to block it from existing. That's pretty good. And that's why these two are bitter rivals. And the Territorial Cup is the oldest trophy in all of college sports. That that they still know where it's at. Okay? So that's a pretty good rivalry. Now, that's a pretty long setup for Doug's big one, I have to admit. The thing that gets to me about the rivalry that I don't respect is each set of fans, when they think they're going to lose, you act like... You're, because your team's not good, you don't want to go. It's like, well, I don't want to deal with the other team's fans, in, and, and therefore I'm not going to go because we stink. That is the definition of not being a fan. I just want to tell you that, okay? Don't yell and scream that you are a big ASU fan, and then if there are 80% U of A fans in Tempe, guess what? That's the 20% of real ASU fans. Sorry. Now, I'm not talking about those of you, and it's none of my business, that actually can't afford it. That it is just, it's never been in the cards. You're just trying to do a little bit better than your parents. You're fighting every day. You're working six, seven days a week. There's just no way that's in the cards. For those of you that are, hey, God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm not in any way talking about you. But it's the fans that swear they're a huge fan, have the money to go, but don't just because they're worried about being embarrassed. So is it about you or is it about the kids? If it's about the players who have sacrificed all year, if it's about the rivalry and it's about Arizona State, you would go. If it's about you, and I, I don't want the U of A fans, I don't want to hear them celebrate, I don't want to be, I don't want to be embarrassed, okay, that's fine. But then don't say you're the biggest fan. All right. Don't drive around with your cute little uh, personalized license plate. Look, I'm such a fan. I did this. But no, you're not going to go. There are levels. And the reason why I say that is this. Do you really think Auburn fan doesn't go to their home game knowing they're about to get blitzkrieged by Alabama? Fans are there. Fans are there all the time. See what I mean? So my big, Doug's big one today is don't say you're the biggest ASU fan in the world if you can afford to go Saturday and you don't because you're worried 
about what the score is going to be. Support your kids. I know I'm going to get ripped for that one. I know I will. There's a lot of people that totally disagree with me on that. But that'll always be where I – it has a lot to do with where I'm from, coming from the Midwest where it's unhealthy the way we look at sports. I've always looked at Westerners, those of you that were born and raised here, you're smarter than I am. I totally I totally grant you that, all right? You don't go crazy about sports the way East Coast guys and, and, West, and Midwesterners do because you could argue we don't have a life, and it's that important to us. I, I accept that. I accept that. But let's not compare, you know, fan passion because it's there on the other side of the country. And I am a little different here. I believe we can get there. I want Phoenix to be like a big city. It's one of the dreams I have as the commander-in-chief of the Unplugged Army is to pull that out of you. And I think we started to move in that direction with the Diamondbacks. I really do. I'm, I'm hopeful of that, that with this young core, finally a group that we can believe in, we can do that. Now, I have been to some Suns games where I couldn't believe the crowd noise and the engagement. Uh, that's, that's something that could be very special. And, but it's got to stay consistent. Now, I don't get all bent out of shape and go on a speech like that about Suns fans when Robert Sarver's your owner, 10 straight years of no playoffs, and you're still getting 12,000 fans a night in an 18,000-seat building dealing – well, probably more like 16,000 – dealing more with the crap that Robert Sarver continually put out and then demanding money from you for it. I'm I'm a lot more forgiving after 10 years of just straight basketball ignorance by Robert Sarver of getting in the way of every general manager he ever had and who knows what else he's doing to the staff. Okay, that's a little different. That's a little different. All right, rip me if if you hate what I said today about being a fan. Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com is the email. At UnpluggedDoug is the Twitter handle if you want to write me on X and and if you want to post something on Instagram at DougFranzUnplugged and uh, we'll take those, edit them up and give it to you on Town Hall Tuesday. All right, coming up next. Let's do a hard dive into a lot of the football stuff we have for you. We'll start off since both teams are playing coming up on Saturday. We'll look at the Territorial Cup from the U of A and the ASU side of things. And then we've got Cardinals as well. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for being a part of our journey here on WTSMTV.com. We have a lot to be thankful for because of you. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We want the best ever to do it and not slowing down. You know, so some fans should be really excited about that. I know it's a little bit difficult to understand this, but right now is a fantastic time to get a new air conditioner. Your AC unit has worked unbelievably hard in one of the hottest summers on record in the city of Phoenix. Well, right now, Parker and Sons has stocked up on air conditioners for the summer, and now the summer's over. So they're not nearly as expensive to get those units because they need to move them on. So you get that tremendous advantage on price. Now, if you're not sure if you need a new air conditioner, join the Parker family plan. We've been on the Parker family plan since about, oh, I don't know, a year or two after we moved here, and it's been fantastic. I totally believe they helped extend the life of our current unit by keeping it up to date with its warranty, warned us of pending doom, we admit, and eventually we got a new one from Parker and Sons and saved a lot of money because we were on the Parker family plan. Call 6022-REPAIR 
That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. a part of Doug Brown's Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Um, I, I want to do a little test here on, on an opinion I have, but before I give my opinion, because I don't want in any way to infiltrate the head of the youth of America, I want Isaiah Jackson, Izzy as he's known around here, to represent all of young America, all of young America. And the reason why is I noticed something yesterday. It kind of bothered me. And I want to see if Izzy picks up on it or whether the young mind totally ignores it. Izzy, are you comfortable representing all of America that's under 30 years old? It's a lot of pressure, but I think I'm good. I think I'll do it. Okay. So here's what I'm going to show you. The last sequence last night, Eastern uh, Carolina, they are at the free throw line. They hit two free throws, so now we're tied, okay? So there's your setup. We're tied. Kennesaw Mountain uh, ball, or Kennesaw State ball, in in order for them to try to go and take the lead. Okay, Jeff Weir Production, give us the play-by-play, please. Here we go. 20 and lost. The students have moved down to behind the basket Kennesaw is shooting at. And you gotta play it. He's gonna go by you. Yeah. Spins up, scores with two and a half remaining. Pettiford, the heave for three. Go! He made it. Go! The Pirates win. Oh my goodness gracious! Oh my goodness gracious! They'll check it, but I think it went in. So there is the end of that game. Izzy, you first. When you saw that play, what did you see? Uh, we, got the, uh, we had the ball handler driving into the lane. Nice layup, but I'm assuming it was the flex. It was the trash talk that kind of stirred you up. I'm no, assuming I, it was I didn't part. ask you to guess what got to me. <laughs> I asked you, what did you think of the play? What's the thing that you noticed the most? Oh, well, I thought it was a cool play. I mean, he drove to the basket. It was a tough finish. I mean, it was a very tough shot. He didn't go back on defense. That that, that was all Buddy's fault. But at the end of the day, if you make a half-court shot like that or any type of amazing shot like that, I'm I'm in full belief you didn't deserve to win that game. You you automatically were going to lose that game regardless. So, full disclosure, Izzy crushed it. 
Is he now? Is he nailed it? If you could do me a favor again, Jeff Weir Production, I want you to start it. We're just going to do the play itself. Keep in mind, Burden made the last four points for Kennesaw uh, State. I, I keep saying Mountain. There's a play. The there's a guy that the first ever commissioner of baseball is in Kennesaw Mountain Landis, and I keep saying Kennesaw Mountain every time. I'm just such a baseball nut. But anyway, I want you to watch Burden. Here he goes for East or for uh, Kennesaw State. Go ahead and play it for me, Jeff Weir Production. You can take. You can take the audio out of it, though, if you want. And then here comes Burden. And it's exactly what Izzy said. So he's going to make a tough layup. They take the lead. Now here comes the flex. Now watch him. Oh, a little bit late, coming back. And then there he's just underneath the basket, or underneath the player. Boom. Jumper is good from Pettiford. They win. All right. Now Izzy, I lose my mind at that stuff <laughs> that how is there there's nothing to me that's more selfish than oh wait i need to show you what i just did i don't care if we win i gotta show you me uh he hits a three that i probably could have gotten in the way of i could have been so competitive i run over i know i'm not gonna get a charge called but i can at least play some defense and we but hey i <laughs> got to flash some guns now does that st- it doesn't really bother me in the first half. It does a little bit, but I'll get over. It. <laughs> but when you actually put your flex above winning, it just makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Okay, I cannot stand it. Izzy, what say you? Well, I, I got to give Buddy some leeway here, mainly because look, he it's an amazing shot. The, for him to flex on the guy like that, he assumes the game is automatically over. I would, even on me being on the floor, I would automatically assume the game is over. The guy, he hits a tough half court shot that, I mean, quite frankly, if you are to get in this, get in his way, get in his face, or any type of way, shape, or form, you could draw a foul yep. in that case. So, I mean. I, I'm trying to give this man an excuse. I'm trying to give him an out here. But granted, he, I mean, the flex is still unnecessary. Does it bother gotta, you? Oh, no, not at all. Oh, not God, at all. <laughs> I love it. the difference between winning and losing. Oh, no, I, I love it. Now, if he now if they just launched the ball full court and he had an open corner three, then okay, then we have – that's a different conversation. But a half-court shot, oh, I, you, I can live with that. I, I'm, Even I though he could have got back on defense and done something. I realize, yes, you could. You don't want to foul, but at least get in the way. Yeah, yeah at least do and, something. And that little flex, that's all it took for them to be able to get the outlet and get Pettiford the shot. Right. Which I'm still I, is still one of the toughest shots that half court shot. I'm I'm 100 percent on Buddy's side on this one. I ain't gonna lie to you, I, Doug. I, I, I'm worried about the youth of America. Really? <laughs> no, nah, I'm not gonna play a celebration over winning. Like if, if he, like I said, if he does a half court, if he launches uh, pretty much this out, amazing outlet pass, and Buddy has an easy layup, or somebody has an easy wide open three, then I'm I'm all right with you, Doug. But a half court shot. Yeah, that's I mean it's a rare you know, it's that's a tough shot. Come on, Doug. Come on <laughs> Man, I only care about winning. That's it. And whenever and I don't even care about flexing if it's at another point in the game or if it's an and one. Now I don't want you standing right over the guy trying to step on him and then flexing like that. Right, but to flex, turn to your bench, get your team pumped up. Absolutely, I, anything you do for your team, I'm in favor of. But when you sacrifice winning and defense in order to get yours to try to prop, oh no, oh no. Well, if he misses the half court shot, 
in the. F- then he can flex. Oh, okay. Now it's over. I played defense. He didn't make the shot. Now I can flex to my guys because I'm the one that hit the game winning layup. Then right. you flex. Oh, no. I still think we'll. But I'm saying, like, if he flexes at that moment, if he still flexes at that moment and the half court shot is taken, the guy misses. We're, then it's pretty much ignored, right? Oh, I would it's, still rip him. I you would still, still rip him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Even even after a, a win? Even after a win? Yes, because then I, I would say, hey, that guy could have made that shot while you're over here flexing. You can't run that risk. I would say the same thing. But it's not like a high percentage shot at all. We wouldn't matter. even be talking about it. I, right. Oh, no, you know me. I would I would have seen it, and I would have said, this is going to burn this kid. Come on. You can't be like that. So, Jeff Weir Production, uh-huh. I will I – will, Temporarily, I might, I might pull this. I will temporarily give you the power as judge. Who is right? Oh, gosh. You're really going to make me do this? No, not if I, you're going to go into deep thought like that. No, I, I like that three, uh, the, the half-court shot, but I, I'm almost – I have to aside with you, Doug. I hate, yes, you gotta I hate guys flexing like that, and especially when you lose the game. But let's talk about the differences here with you and Izzy. You're over 30, aren't you, Jeff? Yes. See, I, I don't understand because I would bet, <laughs> Izzy, would you agree that most of your generation would agree with you? Yeah. No, yeah, see – yeah, you just that's that's the shot you live with at that point in time. Man. Oh, that's I can't imagine how I stole home once when we were up by like 11 runs and my coach pulled me out of the game. In like the fourth fourth inning, I think it was fifth inning, and I had to run poles the whole rest of the game. <laughs> I just out there in the outfield running. It's like the sixth inning. Did you I'm actually running. take home, or did, oh yeah, were I was called out. It was a delayed steal. Like I noticed, that, like I never stop. I never, I can't turn it off. And I noticed the catcher kept doing this little flip, and he would just flip the ball up in the air back to the pitcher. So I'm standing on third. He flips the ball up in the air, and as soon as his arm, like I had it timed out, as soon as his arm is like this, I broke for home. So now he does this little flip. I'm almost home by the time the pitcher even throws the ball. So it's not like I'm fast. It was just I paid attention and knew I could do it. What I didn't realize is my coach, you know, like in high school, the head coach is always the third base coach. He comes walking down the line right with me. Like, as I'm running, he's walking because he saw what I was doing. And then he has the lineup card out. And he goes right to the home plate umpire and uh, scratches my so name funny. out, <laughs> then puts in somebody else. And then he turns to the other coach and he says, I'm sorry. He said, I'm sorry. And I'm in the dugout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to get high fives from everybody. And most of the guys are like, you're an idiot. Yeah. Like, they gave me a high five, but they didn't really mean it. Now, I didn't turn. And right before the pitcher threw the ball, flex at the catcher. Look what I'm about to do. <laughs> And then get thrown out. No way. Well, if you scored and flexed, and then it would have been – now, if you scored and flexed and oh, lost the game, okay. then that's totally different. Now, this is, this is back in those days. This would have been uh, the uh, 1990. You do that in those days. Oh, the next guy's getting – Oh, you're getting – yeah, you're getting the plus. Next guy, yeah. And that was in the days where high schoolers still threw at people's heads. You the next guy would have got it in the ear, and I might have been cut. Because the, the guy at the play was our best player. You know, I was batting low in the lineup, so by the time I'm standing on third, it's one of our best players that are uh, that are up. You could have thrown the the finger pistols like Seawalk. <laughs> yeah. oh, man. Is that gotcha? Yeah, I don't think so. No, no, see, to me, game. that is, hey, we're up 10. I'm not going to show it in your face. But I'm not going to stop competing. The game is over when it's over. And for um, for Burton, the game wasn't, wasn't over. And he's got time to flex. No, no, no. 
plays some defense. It was a hook shot with two seconds left. Yeah, like, so he, after I, deep I, consideration, I've decided <laughs> that I'm right and Izzy's wrong. <laughs> but uh, coming up today from uh, 10 to noon is iOS Izzy on Sports. Give yourself a free plug. What are you talking about today? Oh man, we're gonna get into into swipe right. We talk about Matt Canada. We go into the go into detail with what happened with Matt Canada. Uh, the DeAndre Ayton game we went to the Suns game yeah, last night. Yeah. So we uh, talk about that as well, and we get into all the all the sports that's taking place not only tomorrow but across the week as well. Jeff, we're production. I gotta admit to you, I'm now worried that for the first time I'm going to be a part of swipe left, swipe right. <laughs> I don't hey, there's see, an idea. I don't want to see whatever little caricature <laughs> there is of me that gets swiped. I'm very very nervous. Right I'll now. get him. I'll get him one. Don't worry about after, it. After after my argument, as long as you don't find any college pictures of me, <laughs> oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm gonna get the one that News Twelve had with the mullet. Yeah, that was that. A was, mullet? My, oh my wife! I couldn't believe that she was a party of this. It's my it's my high school basketball picture my senior year and it wasn't now it is a mullet but it wasn't it was it was like nice curls in the back it was fantastic but it, it was it, there was a lot of hair i used to have a lot of of it was from my sophomore year in high school until um until college i had I didn't frost anything, but I had a big perm and curls down to about here. But they were tight curls. They weren't, it wasn't the ugly mullet where it was the guy with totally straight hair. And then at the very end, like three curls. Yeah. I was just like, what is that? (laughs) But mine was the full thing. And it's probably why I'm bald now. All those chemicals on my head. There you go. I, I blame my mother. (laughs) Well, she wanted it. So she said, you got to get this. It'd be great. But then I admit the girls in high school did like it. Like, okay, once you like it, I would wear an ugly shirt if the girls in high school liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it works, I'm telling you, yeah. if it works. I'm a big fan of girls. Uh, <laughs> when I was in high school. Now, yeah. now there's only one. Girl. Yeah, now there's now that now there's only one. All right, thank you, Izzy. Have a good show. I appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, let's get into basketball without the opinions of the youth where I get to act like where everything I said of right. Man, I thought Izzy was gonna agree with me on that. I did, because he's a competitive dude. Yeah. And I, I think it's com- competition over everything. you got to win. But, all right. Let's start things off. Let's do Territorial Cup first. And if you could, there's a couple things from Jed Fish that I didn't get to yesterday that I'd like to get to which he, with him talking about the game and getting ready. So here's his opening statement about the huge win they had Saturday and already transitioning into uh, Saturday's game. Happy Thanksgiving week. So a lot to be grateful for. Uh, I hope all of you feel the same. Uh, So we will not do a press conference Thursday. We'll do it Wednesday. So everybody can enjoy their time with their family. And uh, we'll practice Thursday. And then... Uh, we'll let our players head out after practice. We'll do a little family Thanksgiving with our team on Thursday morning. So all of our team and their parents and their families will have a nice Thursday morning breakfast prior to the start of uh, practice. So uh, looking back on the game, I thought it was one of our more complete games that we've played um, in the last three years. I think we've said that a few now weeks in a row. But certainly in that game, the way that situation went uh, from the get-go, I think we holding that team to 3.2 yards per carry, um, us being able to run the ball at close to five yards per clip, uh, getting a special teams touchdown, uh, having seven opportunities to score 
missed on two field goals, but uh, maybe it was eight opportunities. Yeah, seven because of the punt. So, um, but all in all, I thought the team played extremely well and uh, was proud of our guys, proud of how they came out of the gates, ready to go. And we're going to need that same type of effort uh, this Saturday uh, for the Territorial Cup. So that's his run. I, I just always like the open. I, I hope I succeed at this. I don't know if I do. But here on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, I want to help you kind of learn more about these people and not just what they say. So regular sports talk radio would give you about a 20-second cut. Uh, television would give you about a 10-second uh, cut. I want to. I don't want to take something out of context unless somebody's incredibly boring in a two-minute you know statement and one minute is good okay then i just take that minute but for the most part i I want you to be able to feel the whole thing and not take somebody out of context so then uh this is jed fish where we get to know a little bit more about uh t-mac and his abilities at wide receiver and it was an interesting question they asked jed fish have you ever seen t-mac struggle at something The guy's unbelievable. I mean, he's unbelievable. I need to take him out on the tennis court, see if he's got anything there. Right now, he's, uh, he's 100 for 100 in everything else we've done. Um, I always tell the story about we did, a, in the spring, we did a Olympics after spring game was over. That Monday, we did a little bit of a fun team bonding session, and we did a home run derby. And um, everyone got, it was with a wiffle ball, wiffle ball bat. He went out there, hit, swung about six times, and had six home runs. And the bat was like one of those small little bats and, and uh, six for six for six home runs. So uh, there's not much he can't do. Now, I don't know if that stuff kind of impresses you. It does me that McMillan's that good of an athlete. That, that, those little things uh, impress me a lot that you're able to do a bunch of different things. Seeing football players that uh, have vicious slams and are really good basketball players, things like that. I'm always amazed at um, being able to do different things, great athleticism, and then hear T-Mac at that level, then plus having a great season uh, on top of it. And then lastly from Jed Fish, this was an interesting quote to me, and the reason why I liked it is he goes deep into the problems of last year, but at the same time still respects the Territorial Cup, in which he's asked for the last quite a long time here at U of A, this game is the last game of the year. That's it. There's nothing else. You are in a scenario where you definitely are going to have one game after this game, And you might have the all-important Pac-12 championship game after this game if Oregon State wins on Friday night. Does having more to play for actually affect the preparation for the Territorial Cup? Yeah, I think it has to change the approach. Like, we can't be nearly as undisciplined as we were at the end of last year. Um, Or at the end of that game, I should say. Both teams, um, I don't think either team were playing for a bowl game. Guys were getting kicked out of the game. Guys were suspended for the first half of the next game. Guys were for the first game. You know, now we've, we've got another game to play, uh, if not two. Uh, we can't be making uh, any undisciplined moves that could prevent us from being able to be a full deck for the bowl season. 
Um, also, I think that rivalry games are fantastic and they're great and they're motivational. And but you still need to be disciplined, and you still can't be uh, playing in a manner that you're not understanding the the game of football first and foremost. So, yeah, I think it's big for us to be able to have something afterwards. Um, I think uh, it'll force us to get back on the bus after the game, not try to stay in uh, Scottsdale and get back to work on Sunday. And then uh, we'll spend a week of about three days of practice next week, probably. And then um, get find out what bowl we're headed to. Now, there's a lot there for me. I don't know if, if you felt the same way. Number one, I thought it was funny that, hey, the big thing is we got more to work on so guys aren't just going to hang around Scottsdale. <laughs> I, because, should I say this story? Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll say this story. A Las Vegas Bowl 2011, maybe? I don't re- specifically remember the year, but game ends in those days the las vegas boyd was a uh, bowl was at sam boyd stadium this horrible stadium way back in the suburbs of las vegas where unlv played and uh so the game ends and now you're in a sense you're done as an asu player for the most part and uh, nothing wrong with it the man was of age but i'll never forget seeing vontez uh, perfect walk out of a liquor store while i'm in, while i'm walking around in, in las vegas like oh okay here we go and uh, he had i mean he had backs it was hilarious and i i say that thinking of hey here's jed fish saying hey you guys aren't going to be hanging around scottsdale you know we got we got more to play for let's go home let's get back on the bus and get back to tempe or excuse me get back to tucson but the other part of of that he said let's get get back and focus on a bowl game throughout his press conference earlier in the week he only made mention of the pac-12 championship game when somebody else brought it up but for him he kept talking about going to a bowl game i just found that interesting you hear coaches forever say control what you can control since they have no control over whether or not the territorial cup is for the Pac-12 championship game. And since they won't find out until Friday night whether the territorial cup is for an appearance in the Pac-12 championship game, it was, I don't want to say he went to great lengths, but it was clear he wasn't going to talk about the Pac-12 championship game since they don't control that. And he kept it on. There's one thing we know. We know no matter what happens in Tempe, we're going to a bowl game. So that's what he kept talking about. I just thought that was interesting from uh, from Jed Fish. Now let's go to CKD. A couple from Kenny Dillingham early in the week and a couple from him after practice that I, I want to get to. Uh, this is long. I admit it to you openly, but I don't want to take anything out of context. But I found it interesting just going back because it's not very often that you have a young man that's from here. He went to Chaparral High School that went to school at ASU, then was a graduate assistant at ASU, and is now the head coach of ASU being asked a question about the rivalry because think about how rare that is in any university. To have a guy that's from the city, to have a guy that went to the school, have a guy that coached at the school as an assistant and is now the head coach of his alma mater, this adds a lot more weight when you're able to ask the question, what Territorial Cup games stand out to you in your memory? What are your kind of early memories of this rivalry? And then um, 
when you were part of Telegram staff, like, you know, participating in it? Yeah, I mean, my real memories were just like, it was the thing to do. Like, it was the talk of the town. It was, uh, you know, every sports bar, everybody was, every game was, it was all over the place. Like, you, that's what you did. I mean, my uh, nephew was actually born, uh, you know, on this game. Uh, his birth, so his birthday was this game, my nephew, uh, <laughs> my sister's son. So uh, it's just kind of like this game is very close to, you know, our our family, the people in the state, people who went here. And I feel like the earliest memories is just like, this is it. Everything shuts down. Like, I just remember that uh, from that perspective. What was the second half of the question? Yeah, just uh, participating in it as a... Oh, yeah. As an assistant, it's competitive. Uh, it's It comes down to the will, power to win. Uh, in rivalry games, uh, it doesn't matter what records are. It's essentially, I told our guys, there's two seasons when you play at ASU. There's the first 11 games, and that's one season. And then there's the team down south week, and that's an entirely another season. And you only play 11 regular season games, and then you play one other entire season, uh, and it takes seven days to play it. And then when you took this job, um, what did people say to you about it or what, what have fans or boosters or people said since that has stood out to you? Oh, that this is the game, obviously, that this is like all they care is you beat them, which that's we all know that's not true. Right. But we also do know that that is the level of importance of this game to the Valley, to the, the history of the game. I mean, I could get into the, the history of why this game is competitive before when we were a teaching school and the vote and all that stuff. And, you know, we showed a video to our players to kind of explain and teach them a little bit about the rivalry and the history. And it's the oldest uh, trophy amongst all the collegiate trophies. So, uh, you know, everybody has said since I got here, this is the game. But it's something that I knew. And uh, unless you've been in it, unless you've been a part of it, or unless you're from here and know it, you don't understand how intense the rivalry really is. When did you show that video and what was the reaction? Do you think that most of the players didn't know? There, a lot of them are just new to ASU. Yeah, I think it was, you know, it was educational for them to understand the, the deep history of the rivalry. Uh, and I showed it this morning. We have um, meetings to kind of go through the last game and then to, uh, you know, move forward. And like I said, usually last games of the year you don't really talk about. And I said, this is a whole new season. So we're getting straight to, we're going to clean up things we got to fix you know fundamentally but you know this is this is it right here i hope you enjoy that again i don't like to take stuff out of context so you just get three minutes of kenny dillingham and it is cool how long that how much he can draw from about this and then playing the video for the players and having them really feel what this rivalry is about because both teams ASU and U of A I don't want to say it means more to the fans than the players but it might I mean the players are the ones doing the work no matter what we think the players are the ones doing the work but so many of the guys in this rivalry are from California are from out of state that how do they feel about the rivalry? There's no way they care about the rivalry in that sense more than you do, who live deal with the guy at work every year, the week after or so, talking about you know who won if, if it wasn't your team, and you've got to deal with that guy. But I think playing that video is just 
genius and perfect to make sure they see why, if you're an ASU fan, you feel the way they, that you do, um, to be able to motivate the guys. Okay, the last one from earlier in the week. I got more Kenny Dillingham in a second. But I got back-to-back cuts that I want to play for you that completely go in a different direction that show you the person that Kenny Dillingham is. Jordan Travis, outstanding quarterback for Florida State. And I got opinions on that, by the way. Uh, hopefully I have time to get to. Um, outstanding quarterback, Florida State. Has a terrible leg injury, done for the year. His career at Florida State's over. And he was there when Kenny Dillingham was working on Mike Norvell's staff. So, great question. Uh, I think it was by Sun Devil Sources, Chris Cartman, that just said, you know, what, get, what are your thoughts on the Jordan Travis injury? Yeah, I was super unfortunate. I found out after the game, you know, I actually called his dad before I got in this press conference after the game to, to check in and see how he was doing. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into the, the scenario, but uh, he's in good spirits. FaceTimed him uh, yesterday, talked to the dad about three to four times on the phone uh, since it happened. So, uh, you know, he's in great spirits. I mean, that's an unbelievable kid who's battled through so much. And to have that happen uh, is just, it's, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, heartbreaking but I'll say this any anybody who's been around him knows he's an incredible leader and uh, his presence will still be felt around that program uh even with him not on the field his presence will be felt and he's still going to make an impact for that football team so that's one example of of kenny i mean immediately saying hey i reached out to his dad talked to him and then got to connect with some other guys uh that were uh that were there in the uh at the hospital that was kind of a cool part of a, of a secondary comment now another part of who he is while i was the sideline reporter for asu for a long time through a pretty good chunk of that time Chris Ball, the fired head coach of NAU, was the safeties coach of ASU. And Kenny Dillingham was the graduate assistant. I, as, as a grad assistant, I barely knew Kenny. I got to know Kenny when he was the offensive coordinator of Auburn at that part of his journey before he went to Oregon. But I, I barely knew Kenny, the grad assistant. I would just remember people pointing out to me, do you know that guy was coaching at Chaparral while he was still a student? Really? Wow, you know that, that's that's about it. And then I that that's really all I knew about him. And uh, but Chris Ball, I got to know extremely well. Well, I hated the fact that he was fired. I do disagree with the firing because I think when you're at that school, are you making progress? And I think this year NAU made progress. But I understand there there hasn't been the amount of winning that they thought they were going to get with Chris Ball. It just felt like they had already predetermined the firing halfway through the year. And with the wins that he racked up at the end of the year, it was like, well, that doesn't matter. And I don't like that. I think you judge a season in its totality. And if you don't want a guy, you don't bring him back during the season. You know, at the end of the season, you make the decision. But once you've made the decision to let him coach, let him coach. So it's, it seems clear to me they didn't get off to a great start. So then NAU made the decision halfway through. They just didn't announce it. And then they just ignored the wins. But I don't follow NAU closely enough to really have an educated opinion. I want to admit that up front. Well, um, Kenny Dillingham was asked about Chris Ball being fired and the relationship that he had with Chris when he was a grad assistant at ASU. 
man, it's, it sucks. He's a great person. You know, Coach Ball is, I was with Coach Ball here. I was with Coach Ball when I was the offense coordinator in Memphis. He was the defense coordinator there when we were, you know, competing for championships over there and, and having a lot of success back-to-back 10-win -back years. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate to see him in, in that scenario, him and his family, an unbelievable family. So uh, one of the best people in the profession. Uh, so I learned a lot from him just in terms of being yourself and being genuine. So a lot of respect to him and it's an unfortunate sad day. I've totally, the bad job as a talk show host there by me, I totally forgot about their time at Memphis. Yes, uh, both of them being coordinators there and Chris Ball totally in charge of the defense. And if you don't, if, if I'm not enunciating well, it's Ball with a B. Chris Paul, guard, Chris Ball, NAU coach. Um, I texted Chris Ball and uh, and just said, hey, just want to let you know I love you, man. Uh, you, did, you did great by those kids. And uh, and hope hope everything's going okay. And uh, and I said from one fired guy to another. I, and and he texted me back and and said, "Hey, thanks for reaching out. It's all good right now." And I to say that I shouldn't read into that, but boy, would he be a great addition to the ASU staff. Now, admittedly, they are thrilled with their defensive coordinator, so there's not going to be any kind of a move there. And that's a pretty steep step down, even if it is, you know, F, uh, FCS, the NAU job. But if he just loves Arizona and doesn't want to leave, Chris Ball doesn't have an ego that he go, no, no, I can't go from head coach to position coach. He's not going to have a problem with that. Other people will look negatively at that, but Chris doesn't. But at the same time, I know he's such a good defensive coordinator that there's going to be some D.C. opportunities. And I'm sure Florida State would even want to uh, to talk to him. I'm sure Mike Norvell is interested. But I just, I, I just liked hearing him say, hey, it's all good, which makes me feel like enough people have already reached out to him that he already he might have a decent idea of what's next for him. Okay, uh, let's go back to Kenny Dillingham, but let's talk a little bit about U of A while we do it. Kenny, what do you see – from the Wildcats as far as being average to an above average team they were okay and boom now they're on a long winning streak what's the difference what has them playing so well their quarterback is playing at a high level uh they have a wide a wide receiver who's two wide receivers but that are first round top two to three round draft picks uh, and they've done a, their offensive line is big, defensive line big, a lot of transfers in their defensive line uh, that they're stout up front. They stop the run, and they're very simple. They don't bust. I mean, there's not many, not many, you know, I shouldn't say flaws, but not many just wide open people on the tape because they're they're simple defensively. And I think some of the best, you know, there's two ways to play defense. You can either be really aggressive and attack, and you can be really simple. And they're aggressive and attack with their front defense coordinator being a defensive line guy by the core. But they're super simple with their back end to prevent the, the big plays. So they have a little bit of a balance of creating negatives and creating explosives on defense through being a multiple front. But they're simple enough on defense to cover that multiple front up with not having explosive plays in the back end. A lot of people hear the word simple and you think of that as insulting. And I want you to know when a coach uses that phrase, it's not to insult. You want simple when you believe in your athletes. 
Here's what's kind of interesting. The Colts offense under Peyton Manning was a very simple offense. It Bill was balls. <laughs> It was not an advanced offense. What was advanced is the brain of Peyton Manning to read everything you're about to do just by watching the personnel you have on the field, the 11 X's and O's of who they are, the actual Jimmys and Joes, and then what those X's and O's are about ready to do. So it doesn't matter what is about to happen. He knows it. Now he calls out the play or changes the play, checks into something else. Everybody's on the same page. It's not advanced. It's just now his play runs right into the weakness of the defense. Every defense has a weakness. No matter what a defensive coordinator does, there's something they're giving up in order for something to be gained. Well, when Peyton knows what you've given up, up oh, here's the weakness of that defense. We're now going to run it right up the middle. Oh, here's the weakness of this defense is on the outside. So I'm going to get a quick throw over here to uh, to Reggie Wayne. Oh, the weakness here is the deep ball because your safety's got to come up and worry about the play fake. So I'm going to play fake it to Edger and James or Marshall Falk, depending on what year of the offense it is. And I'm throwing it deep to Marvin Harrison. He's got you because of the brain. But the offense itself isn't isn't all that radical. And it's the unbelievable amount of reps that the Colts would do under Peyton Manning to get every route, every step, everything exactly right. Peyton Manning used to videotape 20 minutes worth of handoffs. Now, just think about the analness of that. 20 minutes worth of handoffs and play fakes to make sure he never got lazy so that every step back towards Edger and James or back towards Marshall Falk or whoever his running back was looked exactly alike. So no middle linebacker could tell whether or not Peyton Manning was going to hand it off or was going to execute a play fake. He wanted to make sure there was no signs of body language. So he videotaped it and would sit there in the office and watch himself hand the ball off and make sure he's working on everything. That, that's When we talk about prep, when we talk about energy, when we talk about whether or not, let's say, a quarterback has a clause in his contract that says he's got to watch video four times a week, okay? You don't have to say that to Peyton Manning. He's watching handoffs, all right? But in this sense with Kenny Dillingham, he's saying they are really aggressive doing things. And when you say just doing things, it's probably twists, stunts, or the way that they slide in which this is how they're going to attack with their front or different blitzes. This is what they're going to do. There's some complexity there. But they're going to be simple on the back end because they think, why try to do something complex if we believe our pass rushers are going to get there anyway? If we believe our pass rushers are going to get there, let's just make sure everything gets completed in front of us because eventually you're going to fumble or throw a pick because of the pressure. So we'll keep it simple, and then you never get the opportunity for the big play. That's, uh, that's what he meant there, and then the compliment to the quarterback. All right, Coach, how was uh, practice yesterday? Energy was good. I thought we bounced around. Uh, you know, detail, not quite as good. So we got to get clean things up tomorrow. Uh, you know, be detail-oriented, get, get some of the, clock, the uh, crowd cleaned up. But I thought the energy and the balance was good, which it should be. I mean, if it's not for, for this week, then we got more problems uh, than just winning a football game. So the two 
dumbest statements that Jeff Weir Production has made in, in the last 13 hours uh, are, well, I'd say more like 20 hours. Number one was yesterday. The man says, I don't really like bacon on things. Oh, gosh. I like bacon if it's just bacon at breakfast, but I don't really eat breakfast very often. I don't really like breakfast. Now, what kind of an American doesn't love bacon? Like, all the time, at any time. Other than, like, I don't want bacon-flavored beer, but other than that, bacon. Jeff Weir Production, how does a man not want bacon all the time? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a fan. Well, I'm not a fan. I, I'm so worried about America, because here's what I've learned today. <laughs> I have learned today from Izzy, it's more important to get the flex in than to play defense and win the game. Because to me, I mean, I, now granted, Izzy and I are dramatically different people, but... Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to flex, Okay. <laughs> So I've learned that flexing over defense, and now I have I have learned uh, bacon is not over everything. Yeah, that's bad. Unfortunately, that's bad. Now the second thing that he's done in the last twenty hours, it is extremely annoying during Kenny Dillingham post practice. Those aren't called press conferences, but those uh, press availabilities when it's not a big conference table, stuff like that. At his availability after practice, there's always planes that fly over that screw up our audio. And it is annoying, and I hate it too. But Jeff Weir Production just said in my ear, I hate that airport. <laughs> yeah. Now, living in Phoenix, it's a long drive to a lot of other places without <laughs> that airport. <laughs> now, I'm assuming you meant you hate that airport being right there. Would like it somewhere else in the city so we could get good ASU sound. Sure, absolutely. I think Tempe agrees with you because every time Tempe tries to build something, somebody at Sky Harbor says, no! Right. We can't do it because every plane will crash into your building. Like, are there pilots? I mean, I've, I've never quite totally understood that. All right. The, uh, the next one from Kenny Dillingham uh, has to do with, uh, I, I admit, I forget. Uh, oh, it has to do with... It doesn't matter whether we've shown it or not. If there's anything in the kitchen sink for the last game of the year, if we think it'll help, we're using it. Yeah, I think it's the last game of the year, so you pull out you pull out all the stops. Pull out everything you got. Right? So anything you've done all year, right, you pull back, you maybe grab bag. Uh, you know, things that you've done from week one to week two to week three to week four to week five to week six, all the way out, but you put them all together and uh, you put together the best way to create explosive plays. This could get crazy. It could get absolutely crazy. Um, at the time, their name was Washington Redskins. I like to say football. God bless me. There you go. Wow. That's like the 30th time in my life I've sneezed on air. Kind of embarrassing. That's fantastic. But I don't know how you fight it. You know, like, does anybody realize you, you can never sneeze with your eyes open? Like, you, the human body won't let you do it. It's some kind of reaction to make sure that you don't sneeze your eyeballs out. You don't have a sneeze button on uh, TV either. No, no, no. <laughs> like, and now because I'm talking about it, I got to leave the sneeze in the podcast. <laughs> Normally, I would just take the sneeze out of the podcast. Like, I'm not leaving in a sneeze. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I don't even remember what I was talking about because of that sneeze. I mean, that just rocked my world. Uh, we were talking about, oh, we were talking about uh, Kenny Dillingham using everything. The, uh, the Washington football team... I think the year was 1991. I think it was the 91 team. 
Jimmy Johnson's the head coach of the Cowboys. The Cowboys went 1-15 and 15 that year. They were a disaster. The one game they won was at RFK where Washington used to play. And they were doing – on. they did like three onside kicks. They went for it on fourth down two or three times in the days where hardly anybody went for it on fourth down. They were doing flea flickers. Running backs were throwing. They had a couple of halfback options. It was so annoying, and they won just by junking everything up. And I hated it. Just, I mean, the Washington-Dallas rivalry is so big. My roommate in college was a Cowboys fan, and and he just kept his mouth shut all year. And it was the first time I met him, so it really wasn't fun picking on him because the Cowboys lost every single game until the game at RFK, and then he was all over me. Just all over me. And I go, what? We were, we're, we won the Super Bowl that year. And then he would go, doesn't count because it just depends on who you lost to. Like, whatever. But it was, he just knew it bothered me. So now I remember that game. U of A fans, I don't think you're going to be surprised because ASU has already pulled out so much crap already in the last two games. But who knows what uh, ASU is about ready to do now. Um, okay, how big is this game in the sense of your season kind of stinks, but what's about to happen in this game? 100%. I mean, it's, it's the game. It's its own season. So this is, this is the game that people remember. You know, people remember people who win Rose Bowls, and they remember the teams that beat U of A. Very simple. All the other stuff is just kind of for naught. Can you tell me all the nine-win teams here? No. Can you tell me all the eight-win teams here? No. The ten-win teams here? No. But you can tell me the greatest moments in this rivalry game. So what will the MVP be? Yeah, it means it's a justification of the direction we're going. And uh, either way, I mean, we're going to – either way, we're going in the right direction as a program. Not very often does Kenny – kind of correct himself but he says you know what does this game you know show you oh you know it's vindication of where we're going like oh that's strong okay and then he goes but either way you know hey we're gonna go with oh okay good save good save right there uh i just want i just want uh, this one i'm gonna skip the one he a there's another one that jeff weir production has that i'm gonna uh, i'm not gonna do uh jeff I'm, I'm gonna dump ckd6 and six is about rashada and he just says hey we want to make sure Rashad is totally ready. So if he's totally ready, yeah, we'll get him some reps. But I don't want to put him out there if he's not ready. I kind of have a feeling you're going to see some 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 of the trick plays might include Rashada is what I'm guessing. The last one from Kenny Dillingham that I want to get to, and that's uh, Jeff Weir Production, that's CKD5. I really like this. Um, the main event with Steve McCollum was talking about this a lot. I think it was Monday about a lot of the gadgets that Kenny Dillingham was using in the last game and critical because, hey, you've already shown Oregon you're willing to do the gadgets, the swinging gate, the crazy offense that you pulled off the upset with UCLA. Since it's not a surprise and it's gimmicky, it's not going to work twice, and it certainly did not. They got smacked in the head. Uh, But he was asked about the team and using some of this stuff against U of A, and it was really interesting the way Kenny kind of blasted himself saying, this is not who we are going to be, but it's what we got to do now. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult schematically, but that's not a good thing. When you don't have an identity, you know, that's a that's more of a flaw than a strength, right? You want to be a team that creates it, okay, we're going to run these plays, 
but how are they going to run those plays in so many different ways, shapes, and forms, right, that you can't prepare your guys for those looks. You don't want to be a team, you know, like we've been this year that's had to kind of run a variety of schemes based off of circumstances. Uh, that's not, so yes, is it hard to prepare for? Yes. Is it what you want to be? Heck no. Right, this will be the only year uh, we are like that. Right, so moving forward, you'll see a lot more consistency in terms of uh, what we are. I thought that was, like, you probably could have figured that out, but I thought it was interesting because it was so declarative. So, like, that's it. We are not going to be this type of team going forward. We will have an identity. We'll recruit more offensive linemen. We'll be a smash-mouth football team that's a good play-action team that we, when we try to trick people, it will be because we've established an identity. And as you try to stop our identity, now that opens it up for crazy plays. But not the other way around where the, the offense is based on crazy plays. Like I said, I think you knew that, but it is reassuring to actually hear it. So there's everything I got for you, Territorial Cup. Wise, I thought it was. Uh, I really want to spend a lot of time on the Territorial Cup today because the Cardinals are coming up later in the week. I still want to touch on Suns and maybe a little bit Cardinals. Steve McCollum's coming up in about six or seven minutes, and we've got uh, the main event and we've got versus Vegas. We still got a lot to do on today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. <laughs> Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're, we're we are now it's big it's juicy it's meaty get your burrito at burrito express if you're having a hangover a bad day even a good day still get your burrito at burrito express it will make you feel better chance to talk a lot of suns today and i really had a lot on my mind so let me quick you quickly make sure you're updated on suns this is available for you for free every time that izzy has an opportunity to do it he tries to go to every suns game he can does this totally free because he works hard and uh, and and works hard for you so i want to give this to you here's what happened on last night's suns game that you can watch if you go to wtsmtv.com Isaiah Jackson Jr. here at the Footprint Center as we just seen the Phoenix Suns get the win over the Portland Trailblazers 120 to 107 in this in-season tournament matchup. By the way, the Phoenix Suns, the only NBA team with a nice looking in-season tournament court. Yeah, I said it. And the story of the game today was DeAndre Ayton, the return of DeAndre Ayton here at the Footprint Center. The fans of the Footprint Center showered him with a mix of cheers and boos before the game. During the game, it was just all boos, all boos for DeAndre Ayton. The Suns were swatting at the ball every time. 
D.A. had the ball down low, taking advantage of D.A. not having the best hands in the NBA, something that the Suns tried to expose early in this game. This led to DeAndre Ayton only taking spot-up mid-range shots, yet he only finished with 18 points and 8 rebounds in the game in what was a really good outing for DeAndre Ayton. The duo of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker couldn't be stopped, of course, to no one's surprise, as they combined for 59 points on the night, Kevin Durant finishing with 31, and Devin Booker finishing with 28 points in the game. Nazir Little had himself a game as well with 13 points. Yusuf Nurkic having a good game against his former team, dropping 18 points as well in the game. The ball movement was just amazing for the Suns in this game. The Suns, Sarah and the Sugar, realizing that the Trailblazers were too slow to recover on defense with every extra pass, just taking advantage of a slower Trailblazers team and earned themselves a nice victory at the tail end of the game. Before this game, the Phoenix Suns were 1-1 one one in the NCAA tournament. After today, they're 2-1, and, and all that's left now is to take on the struggling Memphis Grizzlies on Friday to advance into the NCAA tournament. But they have the Golden State Warriors coming to town tomorrow, a game that you shouldn't want to miss. For WTSM TV, I am Isaiah Jackson. It's funny on Izzy's report, he noticed the exact same thing I did. I, the Suns, I, I know, kind of off the record, but somewhat on the record, just how irritable a lot of the players were at DA's terrible hands. How many times they get a turnover when he drops the ball because he didn't have full possession of it. And they were going after the ball every time he touched it. And DA had 12 points, five boards in the first quarter. Like he, and he attacked Nurkic. And it was so funny. It was like, okay. Now I've proven I'm good. I played hard for a few minutes. And then he shut it down. The rest of the game, here, here's the line for each quarter. Second quarter, two points, one board. Third quarter, four points, one board. And the fourth quarter, money time. No points, one rebound. For all 48 minutes, a center that dominates the paint had zero free throw attempts. Hey, thanks for coming, DA. Uh, coming up from 8 to 10 this morning is the main event. Steve McCollum, Dale Hellestray, and oh my gosh, so much football to talk about the Thanksgiving tradition of the Cowboys playing with Dale Hellestray in studio. Lot to talk about today football-wise. Steve, how are you? Good. I know we're going to cram it all in. It's going to be football heavy we are going to talk nba a little bit uh make fun of Aiden a little bit like the tnt guys did uh and then uh are you gonna make fun of izzy you heard the izzy report right there saying that that court is nice and i know how you feel about every in-season tournament we uh, had that discussion like a week or two ago and uh it's changed my opinion of izzy i used to like izzy i used to think (laughs) he was a brilliant man and uh it's just it's just always disappointing when you learn that somebody's just a stupid moron sometimes (laughs) and uh you know it's it just hurts my heart a little bit oh oh my goodness now i admit <laughs> i have not seen the court live and that was his big opinion is when you look at no. it it's not as bad no because on television for me it's not even the court like i don't like it but it's not what gets me it's the jerseys on the court yeah. it's that that combination i maybe i have a cheap television it's, but the combination <laughs> no, you don't. of jerseys yeah. and court that's just you, awful there, on the there are in-season courts where you cannot see the players like you'll see I a ball get passed like and you're like, who's he passing that? Oh, there's a guy there. <laughs> it's not the Suns one, but there are courts that are like that. Where you're like, where's the guy at? I totally uh, yeah. agree with you. Uh, totally but um, no, it's just it's a light purple. It's not even the Suns purple. I have a lot of problems with it. And, uh, you know, you did that I little agree. bit with Izzy early on young kids. And that's the problem with young kids today is they like ugly, stupid things. And... <laughs> 
uh, just goes on to show that well, as well. Well, since you heard that, let's let's go to that point. I don't know if you've actually had a chance to see the video. Yeah, I was driving, I, okay. I, but I, I know what you're talking about. First of all, first of all, Doug, um, we need to, we need to cure your sickness here. You're watching Saginaw State. Last night? It's Kennesaw State. Kennesaw. It doesn't matter who it is. <laughs> I, They're big in Georgia. I wouldn't say I was watching the whole game, but no, I no. was watching the Maui Invitational I, I because they had it. great games. Speaking and of, then, of course, they yeah, showed yeah. that uh, that clip. And then I went back and, and watched the last three yeah. minutes of no, the game to see what happened. I, and I do that, too. you know. And then I'm like, I'm like why am I paying attention to this? <laughs> uh, you know. But, um, no, I mean uh, – I'm not a fan of flexing at any time. Like, you, you made the basket. You just showed that guy up by making that basket. Go down the court and play yeah. some defense. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of, you know, I'm not that big fan of showing up people anyway. Uh, but that Mar- that. that Mary Innova- Invitational Court, uh, beautiful court except for the key. That is awful. The, the Hawaiian flower yeah, tea. It's awful. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of bad gourds. Uh, that, well, here's what's really bad about that is uh, one of the things I noticed when I was in Maui, and I believe it's the exact same court. Uh, no, it isn't because the Lahaina Civic Center has lines all over the yeah. court. It's kind of confusing. But They play volleyball it, and all of that. Yeah, they do. There, and yeah. it's it's truly just the high school area, yeah. like like the different schools and stuff. Yeah. But with uh, with the court that's in, in Oahu on the UH campus, that one, that's really slick. Right where the flowers are. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's not just it's not just beautiful or ugly. It's <laughs> it's it's kind of a hazard. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure uh, that one. I'll give it credit for that. Probably looks good in person, uh, but on TV it just looked like this mishmash mess, yeah. and it was just like, what is going on with courts today? And if you were watching that, uh, the the Marquette uh, oh, KU skirmish, can you that? Yeah. that was a, that was when it's coach on coach yeah. barking at yeah. each other, and Bill Self was kind of going high and mighty. He kept walking away, and then he acted like no one's going to hear him like you know how you speak yeah. under your breath but you yeah. do it loud enough so everybody hears you he kept turning back yeah. to shaka smart going yeah. unbelievable and, and unbelievable. with all the microphones right there you know you know just getting picked up exactly uh and I, i've never been uh so proud to see kansas lose after last oh, night wow. I, just, I felt kansas was in the wrong last night they just <laughs> they just thought they were big bad kansas and we're going to come in here and beat you guys and shaka smart and his team were like no you're not that's well said we're gonna, it's funny we're gonna, we're gonna hit you we're gonna you're not gonna like it we're gonna we're gonna get on your nerves and they did and uh, Kansas has to toughen up. This year's tournament is fantastic. One, two, four, seven, eleven, and an above average and, and a good, okay UCLA yeah. team. Syracuse is bad, and Chaminade is not even Division One. But th- there's yeah, six, why are they there? <laughs> I know there's six special teams and one okay team. But the thing yeah. that makes me laugh is you know ESPN set up the bracket to make sure it's KU Purdue yes. one and two for the ending of the for the the end of the tournament. And now, not that Marquette's a slouch at number four but now you get Marquette instead of getting the matchup they want yeah but you're not getting Marquette's not that name Kansas is let's face oh yeah, it. You oh, know, yeah. as big of a name as Marquette is they're not Kansas totally by any stretch and yeah. who's paying attention to college basketball this time of year if in order to get those casuals you've got to get a Kansas into that tournament you're, you're right. absolutely right so good ESPN good good <laughs> on you that you you messed this up congratulations I'm sure that uh I'm sure that they're thrilled um what uh what thoughts do you have on either Cardinals Texans, what thoughts do you have for the weekend? What are you
you paying attention on the one of the greatest sports weekends there are? Uh, yeah, there's. I mean, you look at the college football slate, and there's not Oregon State, Oregon might be the best football oh, game I this agree. weekend. Yeah. And there's there's not rivalries are not standing up. Last week, our problem well, you with forgot, our college, there's, there's Michigan Ohio State. Now well, I don't know if well, you're okay, bashing two. it because no, no. of Harbaugh, but that well, is two three. Well, no, you're right. So two, I guess two, right? But I mean, if you look at it, right? I'm turning right with Florida State, Florida, Florida's way down. Yep, right? Yep. Washington State, Washington, Washington's just falling apart. Uh, you know, Arizona, ASU. I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't like Tennessee, Vandy. Uh, exactly. Uh, Thank you for proving my point, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> Come right on, there. Jeff. So, uh, you know, Alabama, Auburn, just dead. Like the rivalries yeah. aren't there this year for most of it. I, you're right. I forgot Michigan. Well, even State, though Ohio I said State. Michigan, Ohio State, there's a, there's, um, they actually are one of the few conferences that are left in divisions. So I yes. believe Iowa's already in the Big Ten championship yes. game. So it's almost like Michigan, Ohio State really isn't that big because let's face it, the loser is probably getting into the the uh, no, college football playoff. Not, anyway. not if Washington wins out. The key to me is before it was uh, loser of that game. That's Washington true. will sneak in if Washington wins, and they're sixteen and a half point favorites against Washington yeah, State. So they but win. then they have to win the the Pac-12 tournament against Oregon. So if they win yeah. out, they're in. They'll, they'll leap over that. The key is Florida State. They lost their all-star, all-pro, whatever you yeah. want to call it, quarterback. That's going to be a letdown. Can I tell you that you you led into a point that I I just can't stand. I think the guys well, on the college you. football playoff committee <laughs> not not your point, but the college football playoff committee it's a joke because if Oregon's the number six team yeah. and Washington beat them, why isn't Washington in the top four this whole time? Yeah. But now but you, know, you know why you put them in the top four, but you say it's not because Travis got hurt. Yeah. What a bold faced lie! I think yeah. it's unfair to Florida it's, State. I don't think Florida State should be a top four team. But not once without you the say quarterback. That, yeah. yeah. But once you say they are, they shouldn't lose that spot because of an injury. Well, the other thing you had to argue about is Michigan's better than Ohio State. Oh, don't go anywhere, Steve, because I, I talked too long right there. I got my little team shot in. Come yeah. on. I know you got a show to get ready for, I'm but ready. the music's got to start when the music starts. I'm ready. Let's go. But I don't like... If you're if you're there, you're there because of your resume. So it's wrong to me that Florida State is considered better than Washington. UW's had a tougher schedule. Yes. UW belongs in. Yeah. But once you've established that Florida State is better, even if it's a bad opinion yeah. all this time, they, ahead they don't suddenly they lose. lose it because their quarterbacks hurt. Their resume is yeah. still their resume. Look, there's all this all this Tuesday night thing, as I've been saying it since it's been coming out. All this is is to set up the Final Four the way that they want it to be set. Yeah, yeah. That is why Ohio State was one for so many weeks above Georgia, which was an asinine, completely asinine totally uh, thing to do. But then on top of that, Michigan's a better better team than Ohio State is. Resume, blowouts, et cetera, et cetera. But who's third? Michigan's been third the whole time, yeah, right? Yeah. And it's it's all set up for this Michigan-Ohio State battle because if Michigan, now with hard buyout, it changes it a little bit. But they're setting it up for the Final Four that they want, ESPN wants, and that's what it's being set up for. That's all it's for at this point. Uh, and uh, that. And look, Washington, now that Washington's jumped Florida State, now they have an excuse to keep Florida State out with the quarterback out. Michigan-Ohio State winner can go in, and yeah. they can both go in now, which is what, which is what ESPN wants. I've so always, they're always finding a way to find what team goes in. I admit, I've always thought the rigged opinion of the college football playoff is dumb. However, 
you do have the proof this year. I mean, yeah, I mean it's, it's every the, year. It, it's, you it's have ridiculous. the evidence this year there's, that I can't argue. There's no way Michigan isn't shouldn't be ranked higher than Ohio State this year. Look at the yeah. resume. There's yeah. no way possible. That's a, yeah. that's it, and it's been and, it, and especially over Georgia. Get out of here with that. I, I'm with you. Well done. Right. Okay, the main event coming up eight to ten today here on WTSMTV.com. Part of our six hours of local sports programming that you get every weekday, six to eight. Duck Franz Unplugged, presented by World. Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, 8 to 10, the main event, and 10 to noon, IOS, Izzy on Sports. All right, uh, got it. Sorry, Jeff Weir Production. I know you're trying to run around like crazy. I need you to check a score for me. Okay. Uh, I took Western Michigan on the money line yesterday. I say Western Michigan is going to beat Bowling Green. How did I do? Ooh, Bowling Green, 34-10. That one stings. Remember how I was talking about the heater that I was on uh, a couple days ago? I was standing at 50 and 33. I was 61% over my last 80-some-odd games. One and two, two nights ago, and then a 24-point beatdown on my winner yesterday. (laughs) Think we can officially declare the heater dead? Good luck next time. (laughs) After a 24-point beatdown. Now, granted... Bowling Green was favored. And I said, I don't need the points. Western Michigan's going to win without the points. I'll take Western Michigan on the money line. I was going for a little extra juice. So if if Western Michigan would have lost, but by two, I would have said, okay, it still counts as a loss, but eh, if I had taken the points, I got it. I, eh, I would have still demanded a little respect. There, now I'm, I'm begging you to just keep listening. Now after that blown one. I went through a ton of games. I mean, think about it. It's this weekend, ton of hockey, ton of basketball, and then, of course, football, 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 and rivalries and and everything else. And I got to tell you, I didn't find a lot that I loved in uh, in games that are that are where I actually feel like, hey, I've got an edge here. I'm going to be able to uh, uh, make good money on something. There's only two that I love, and I'm right with Steve McCollum on one of them. I will take Michigan to cover the three and a half at home. I think that they're a a little better than Ohio State. He thinks they're a lot better. I think they're a little better, but we'll see at the game. But I think they're covering the three and a half. So I've got Michigan minus the three and a half. And then there's a game tonight that I am just all over, and hopefully it's not going to be a Western Michigan effect. Denver and Orlando are in Orlando. Orlando had a back-to-back, but they didn't travel. So back-to-back in Orlando. Denver is rested, and I think they're going to rest a couple guys, but they're only favored by three. So I only have to lay three points on the road at Orlando. I, what am I missing? I know that there's Denver's banged up. They might They might rest some guys, but... Come on. If they do rest, guys, or I, young players normally go, oh, Orlando's resting players, or excuse me, Denver's resting players will relax a little bit. And the bench is like, hey, this is my time to shine finally. On a defending champion, I get to start. Here I come. And then if I'm wrong and they don't rest people, now it's the starters minus three? That's one of those games where I admit, I look at Vegas and say, what is it that you know that I don't know? Because that one doesn't make a lot of sense. I think that one's an easy game. 
So uh, that's what I've got for you. Michigan minus the three and a half against Ohio State. A little more than a field goal. And uh, Denver minus the three tonight against Orlando. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Don't forget, next week, starting Monday, the week of winner's giveaway. So try to get yourself uh, to become a premium member as soon as you can in order to participate. Anybody that's a premium member, you're eligible to be a winner. Go to WTSMTV.com. Monday gives you the opportunity to win six VIP passes to the Arizona Science Center. And then there's the grand prize on Friday, worth about $1,400, three wedges, foursome at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, and lunch at Sibling. All of that for you if you are Friday's winner in the week of winners. So become a premium member and give yourself a chance. What am I thankful for? Obviously, you know that I'm religious, so I deeply believe in Jesus, and therefore, I'm thankful for that. I am so blessed to have an amazing family, so I'm incredibly thankful for my wife and my two daughters and my parents, my little brother. Things uh, he, Little, and he's 6'4", and I'm 6'1", so I'm a little frustrated about that. I'm thankful for all the work that Izzy and Jeff Weir Production do to get ready for Doug Franz Unplugged, and I'm thankful for the things we're building here at WTSMTV.com. And of course, you you guessed it. What am I really thankful for? Oh yeah, beer, 100 Mile Brewing Company, the Bell's National Kitchen, Rosati Sports Bar, but only the one in Chandler at Ray and McQueen, Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing and Electrical, Burrito Express, and Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Thank you, Sweet Lou, for paying for McKenna to go to college. I appreciate it. Everybody, have a blessed and safe Thanksgiving. You've earned it as a member of the Unplugged Army. And the main event is up next. I'll see you Monday. Yeah!